Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I am Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from ascetic ASMR to ambitious artificers. And today... Talking about lycanthropes. So lycanthropes, Brian, or werewolves, but there's more than just werewolves when it comes to lycanthropes. What do you know about lycanthropes? I know that I would hate to see one in the streets. Yeah, fuck oh, that. Yeah, fuck Absolutely that. Absolutely fuck, fuck that. that. Which do you prefer, uh, vampires or werewolves? Um, like to be or to encounter or what? in what context? I mean, just generally speaking. Like in know. pop culture, I probably prefer the vampire because oh, they well. seem a little more um, like intellectual yeah they're definitely more culture more refined usually the werewolves are depicted as being more feral yeah and it's not barbaric. as it's not as mysterious it's like we have two monster movies but one of them is like a villain and the other one yeah. is just like this beast right like feral right yeah that, that's actually that's uncontrolled unrefined yeah. i like the ones um, in control of their power yes. theoretically well yeah. like in in as much of a way as they can be without right. like they are a vampire so it, like sometimes they were a person Okay. And, um, oh, that's unfortunate. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Buy notes. Yeah, I know. My note, for, for our listeners who can't see, my notes just fell to the ground. So cool. I'm, I'm ad-libbing it. It's all good. I, I just use those for reference anyways. Um, so lycanthropes in, okay, so lycanthropes in pop culture are almost exclusively, for the most part, werewolves. Right. In D&D, it's not like that. The werewolves probably be the most common, but there's others. In the Monster Manual, there's like six others. Well, hit me with that Webster like, shit. Like, what's lycanthrope versus werewolf? Like, where's the difference? Okay, well, it's kind of funny. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, because lycanthrope in D&D is just a catch-all for, like, those inflicted with the curse that kind of infuses you with, like, you, you the evil version of Wild Shape. Yeah, that's actually yeah, the evil version of wild shape. Um, but what's funny about the word lycanthrope is it literally translate to translates to wolf person. Okay, so sure. it just means werewolf, but we're using it to mean a lot more things in D and D. Well, I mean, like if you're going to be literal, like a wolf person could be like a person that resembles a wolf, like a True. like a humanoid in a yeah. way. But what I mean to say is, in Dungeons and Dragons, there are were rats, there are were bears, there are were boars, there are were tigers. Like, and honestly, in previous editions, there was were dolphins and were sharks and were ravens. <laughs> and I think the uh, the Curse of Strahd book has the were ravens in it, which is really cool. You live in a beach town, um, but it's, it's Dungeons it's and Dragons. The night of the full moon. 
moon. Oh, gosh. Attack of the Were Dolphins. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Attack of the Were Shark. <laughs> Attack of the Were Shark. They're, te- they're teaming up. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're working in tandem. They cast um, Tornado. <laughs> oh, no. Now we got a sci fi movie, a really <laughs> shitty one. Save me, Terry. Um, okay, so uh, in D&D, if there's an animal, there's a were version of it. So um, in, in pop culture today, I think much like zombies, which we I think that was last episode, uh, pop culture likes to put a scientific twist on things. And like, yeah. so they view this werewolf thing as a genetic yeah. disease. Like you've been, you've been injected with a serum by some mad doctor. Right, exactly. Um, again, in D&D, it's not like that. Because D&D doesn't have science. D&D yeah, there's no magic. like infection. Like you don't get scratched by a were creature and then become the were creature in like a week or whatever when you can't stave off the like infection or whatever it is. Well, no, but in D&D, uh, lycanthropy is considered to be a curse. For sure. And the way it's spread is by a bite or a claw. It's usually so a bite. So it is like that. It is, but case. it's not genetic. It's not like biological. It's, it's just, like magic. It's magical. Okay. It's a curse. And like it is it is considered a curse for the most part, but it can be considered a blessing. Because here's the thing. Lycanthropy in D&D has really mucky origins that like no one really knows how lycanthropes came into the world. Okay. But like there's two kind of origin stories. So on one hand... <clears throat> We'll, we'll go with the curse origin story. In Forgotten Realms, there is a, uh evil deity named Malar, who is the Lord of Beasts. For sure. He's kind of like the dark um, side of nature, if you will. He's all about like being predatorial and whatnot. And it's it. said that he cursed a group of barbarians with lycanthropy. And it kind of fits his MO because he's all about spreading evil lycan- lycanthropy. He's like, okay. he really that's wants like that, thing. that bestial nature to come out of everyone. That's, that's Malar's <laughs> deal. Okay. But on the other hand, weird fetish, an, but all right. Yeah, I know, right? So on the other hand, though, there's a different origin story where the goddess Saloon, or in fourth edition, her name would be Sahanin, uh, Sahanin Moonbow. She's the goddess of the moon, and she blessed a certain group of people with lycanthropy to help them survive better in the wild. For sure, okay. And since she's the goddess of the moon, and the moon holds sways over lycanthropes, that kind of makes sense, too. Um, my My concept is that I think both versions are simultaneously true. Um, I don't know why Malar's version would also be uh, affected by the moon, but it just is because there are lawful, there are good lycanthropes and there are bad lycanthropes. And Saloon, um, one of her main missions is she's very against evil lycanthropy and she wants it wiped off the face of the earth. For sure. <laughs> it's given them ba- uh, everybody a bad name. Yeah. And that's the thing. Uh, Lycanthropy in D&D can change your alignment, can change who you are. Um, Werewolves, for example, tend to be inherently chaotic evil. It is just an evil-aligned lycanthropy. Where bears, on the other hand, are, um, I think, lawful good. They might be neutral good or chaotic good, but they're good, generally speaking. Okay, okay. I think bears are good, too. And, yeah, bears are good. So I could see, like, well, maybe Saloon made the were-tigers and the were-bears, and maybe even the were-rats, but Malar created, like, the were-boars and the were-wolves, and, like, maybe there's a a divide like that. That's cool. Yeah, the were-boars are are pretty cool. So... So yeah, those are those are kind of like the muck, the mucked up like origins of like vanilla D and D when it comes to to werewolves or lycanthropy in general. Okay, what's that? What's that movie? Underworld. I love Underworld. Underworld yeah. is cool. They're they're yeah. um their werewolves are like super like it's like a faction. Yeah, yeah, it's you know that classic werewolves versus vampires kind of deal, which is cool. Yeah. I like that. It's just it's interesting how that came about because they're like super independent folklore, but like I mean they do have uh, a lot of like. 
the same origin places in European folk. Yeah, like, isn't there like food supply the same or whatever? <clears throat> I like mean, people. Yeah, so they're, so they're like vying for yeah. territory when it gets like things get like out of hand. There's too many of both. Yeah, you know? well, and, and it, I, it for some reason it works really well. Um, I think it's it just, good. It just, I, it's like Batman and the Joker. Like, on paper, that doesn't sound right, but, like, Batman and the Joker are the perfect dichotomy for some reason. Like, why a bat and a clown are, like, the perfect yin-yang? They just are. <laughs> Same with werewolves and vampires. So, in lycanthropy, there are two ways to spread it. The first wave is what we talked about where uh, if you're bitten Bites by a lycanthrope. Yeah. You, specifically biting? It's usually specifically biting. Okay. Um, the other way is it can be hereditary if a werewolf has a child it's a high chance that the child will be uh the will have the same curse isn't that like how harry potter was kind of throwing it out like um remus lupin um was was remus born with it no i think he might have been he he, I think he, he was got bit bitten. but th- isn't yeah. his son spoilers isn't his son or uh, is is his son in some sort of canon thing that i don't know about yeah, it's at the very well. This is super Harry Potter spoilers, uh, well, so watch yeah, out. Do, but like at the very kid, end, their yeah. boy is like, yeah. But I don't think they talk about lycanthropy in in the kid, do they? Oh, well, it's I vague, seriously don't remember that. That's vaguely familiar to me, but maybe not. I yeah, don't know. I, that's very fan fictiony. I kind of like the idea, but like I don't know. I have a feeling I'm gonna have to look it up after the podcast. Yeah. but whatever. Okay, so hit me with that Harry Potter, <laughs> Brian. You suck. So you can <laughs> be born a lycanthrope if your if your parents, one of them, was. Makes uh, sense. There is a slight well, difference. Well, actually, no. If it's okay, you're passing on magic because we we said it's not genetic. Well, l- remember we've said this in many podcasts before. Babies are in high danger in D and D. Like, don't be born in a crazy storm. Don't be born near a forest that has face stuff. Like, bad things happen to babies in D and D, for sure, including. Passing on of lycanthropic curses. So there it is. Cool. Um, there is some slight differences in in the general nature or of eggs. one born a werewolf and one turned into a werewolf. One turned into a werewolf usually has this inner conflict of being like transformed, not not just like physically, but like their soul, if you will, uh, their alignment change. Okay. And like uh, someone who's bitten can either embrace their lycanthropy curse or resist it. If they embrace it, they give into it completely. They will gain a certain amount of control over it, but their alignment will change. So if they were bitten by a werewolf and they embrace it, according to vanilla lore, they then turn chaotic evil. Okay. They give into their feral senses. They can trans- transform at will. Also, the moon will do it for them against their will when that happens. So there's but no like, like daytime, nighttime rule? No, there's no daytime, nighttime rule. Got it. Um and and we'll get a little bit more about like how the transformation works in a bit. Uh, while someone who's born a lycanthrope usually can just inherently control it, they're a little less feral. I think there's probably going to be an inclination to still fall into the alignment of chaotic evil or whatever it is that their were race falls under. But I think they're they're more um, likely to just be people with a choice. Okay, got which, it. Which I think, for me, that's a big deal. Like, I'm never too big of a fan of something changing you against your will, except for, like, super powerful shit, like the abyss. Like, okay. that's going to corrupt you. But, like, that's kind of a slow thing over time. It's not like... And if you're a cultist, you're, like, vo- you're volunteering, and then, like, the... the What is it? The influence they, that these, right. like creatures have over you will eventually like turn you right but it's kind of still of will like you're signing up for this yeah yeah but on the other hand like i do get the idea that no you don't get a choice because that's part of the horror aspect of it it's like a body horror thing which is what werewolf it's like it's like a uh um, a tragedy (laughs) or like a calamity of some kind on your on your person yeah 
So um, for evil lycanthropes, like, they seem to insatiably crave humanoid flesh. Right. Like, they're not only evil, they're driven to really do evil things. They're not just animals. Right. Animals don't normally hunt humans unless they're really hungry and it's a... It's a happenstance that humans in the area. Now, these things go looking for people. Right. And usually evil lycanthropes are, tr- well, depending on what they are, some lycanthropes are more willing to spread the curse than others. Like the boar, werewolves, they spread it indiscriminately. That's what they they're spread, about. spread, spread, spread. Okay. Uh, I think werewolves, for the most part, same deal. Um, where tigers, on the other hand, almost never spread it, except for maybe as like a, a parental thing, like I'm going to take you under my wing. Okay, and spread sure. My, my tiger curse. Like to it's you. time for um for me to have like an an apprentice. I'm getting a little old, and <laughs> yeah. I, you know you know you get that. Uh, <laughs> there can you only that be legacy. one. <laughs> and yeah, there can only be one, and that's the thing because tigers are highly territorial, predatorial animals, and that's how their were versions are. They don't want more competition. Right. Okay. Um, were bears. It's more along the lines of they don't like to spread it because they consider it a burden. All right. Um, they are the probably the most good of all the the were creatures, and uh, they tend to live very isolated lives. And that's kind of like the story of all werewolves is um, the good ones tend to go full iso. They're just completely isolated. They try and stay away from people because even the good ones like bears, like they still have those feral urges. Yeah, and, they're gonna go live like a bear, more of a bear life, like yeah. off the grid. Yeah, absolutely. And like they're also like. You know, like even a bear that is like your friend, it's still a fucking bear. Exactly. Like, it might have some instinctual thing to attack you that it can't yeah, keep in check at all times. You might roll up and scare it. Like, exactly. It might be like freaking out about something else and kill you. Yeah. So the werebears try and stay away from people for the most part. And if they know other werebears, they might clan about a little bit. But for the most part, they're solitary creatures. So how long are these creatures spending in like each form? Like, uh, like I know okay, the, let's you talk said about the, the yeah, you said the full moon is like one thing. The that full can moon trigger. will will trigger it. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there's versions of werewolves that can resist that trigger later on when they uh, when they embrace their stuff. Okay. But if they're resisting it, they can resist it and it's going to like take a toll on them over time. Yeah, like but, it'll wear you down mentally. Yeah. And every full moon, like you're transforming. There's no choice. Yeah. But so as like long as you resist it, you maintain your humanity. Okay. And like your personality. Cool. Uh, but let's talk about the form. So all werewolves have three forms. They have their human form. They have their full animal form, and that's kind of something different about D&D you don't usually see in a lot of pop culture is like a werewolf can turn into a fucking wolf. I was going to ask that. Yeah. So it's it, it goes quadruped, full on, and like runs around. A hybrid version is the third version. And right. That's like so that, the werewolf. And that's like a... Um, like a, I always picture like a barrel-chested, wide-shouldered, like yeah. on its hind legs. Yep. you know, exactly. Big cl- front claws. Yeah, and the, stuff. the classic-looking werewolf. Yeah. yeah, that's the hybrid version. Michael Jackson thriller style. There we go. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so yeah, so that they can transform into wolves. They can communicate wolves. Usually, uh, a were, uh, usually a lycanthrope will have some sort of sway or communication with the creature that they can transform into. Okay. Um, obviously they're going to be more beefed-up versions. So like, I. I wouldn't use just a normal wolf stat block for a werewolf in wolf form. Is there a is there a stat block for the werewolf? I don't think there is. So what what where but, are you where are you placing it like CR rating? So the CR rating, okay. Well, there are well, yes, there's stat blocks for the werewolf, but like there's, I'm trying to remember if off the top of my head, I think in the stat block it has built in attacks for each form. Oh, okay, okay. So I think I think you got that going for you. So uh, like a werewolf is going to maintain the same HP and AC as a werewolf even in wolf form. Okay, cool. It's not going to take the wolf stat block all right, of a sudden. Right, which yeah. might probably, I would imagine, is weaker. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot weaker. I think a wolf is like a quarter CR rating, while a werewolf is like five. Oh, wow. Much more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And then Um, as like a human, you have like the punch attack. Yeah, I think a spear. Scratch. It just has a spear attack in there. I'm like, okay. So, like, this is the way, like, if I remember correctly, it's the stat block is, like, it's it's got all, like, the HP and all the skills and all that. But then for attacks, it's, like, got spear, humanoid form only, claws and bite, uh, hybrid, or wolf form only for okay, both of those. And sure. so the, the, those attacks remain the same. So, um, while in wolf form or in hybrid form, that's when they can spread their curse. I don't think anything happens if a normal humanoid, if a humanoid form werewolf bites a humanoid. I don't think anything <laughs> happens. Although it'd be kind of fun if some like fucked up version of the curse happens. That'd be kind of fun. Okay. Um, there are rules in the monster manual for a player character transformation. And I think it works really well for players that want, that come into contact with a lycanthrope and get bitten. Um, there are certain things that happen and it's all, it's all there under the lycanthropes bit in the monster manual. I think, like once the next full moon hits, you're gonna transform, and like all your some of your stats get like mixed up. So I think like if you're a werewolf, your strength gets instantly turned to 15 if it's not already 15 or higher. Cool. Okay. And then you're gonna gain the lycanthrope block when you get transformed, and it's gonna be a really bad thing for you probably, um, unless for some fucked up reason that's what you wanted. Um, let's talk about uh, weaknesses. And resistance. Yeah, silver so, bullets. Yes. Silver. Pocket watches that you swing really, really hard. <laughs> As we've talked about in fifth edition, uh, there aren't very many weaknesses in this game. Right. I I homebrew weaknesses for lycanthropes in my world. Silver is gonna do double damage. But cool. in this in in vanilla D D, the way it works is the silver just punches through the normal resistance of werewolves, which is cool. You know, okay. I, it's it's an okay way to balance it. It just doesn't feel as special to me. But basically, uh, werewolves like they resist all forms of non magical damage. Okay. Um, and except for silvered damage, so okay. silvered weapon. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think the curse can actually be removed by any cleric that knows the remove curse spell. Oh, so you can just cure that I shit. I fucking hate. Yeah, that's like it's a super easy out. Really shitty. Because like, yeah, any level five cleric will be able to do it. Yeah, that's not that's not very tough to get rid of. Why do we have any fucking lycanthropes? A werewolf like, shows up. Ah, oh, fuck, bro. I can help you with that. Yeah, boom, fight, boom, fight done. over. That only took one spell slot. That's right. lame. But if you're playing like a high high magic world and you want it like that, like, hey, that's the way it is. Like, good for you. In my world, it doesn't work like that. Remove curse is not removing fucking shit. Yeah, you're, you, you're making you, werewolves more scarce and you're making uh you're making the like thing that you need to fix it more difficult. Like what are you, what are you doing? For me, what I do is I would probably just homebrew. It's going to be some sort of crazy ritual need to be done by the priests or priestesses of uh Sahanin or saloon. Okay. Like, and it's going to be like, you're going to need to like gather all these like rare herbs and stuff. And it's going to take like a ring of like five powerful clerics and like a willing subject. It's, I, I, like, I'm yeah. picturing Constantine right now, the opening scene where he yeah. like pulls the demon out of the girl with a mirror. Yeah. See, it's yeah. something like crazy some like that. Weird, like, crazy. Shit. Because it like should be difficult. Because like if a werewolf bites you, it should be fucking scary, dude. Yeah, like, wait, you got to chain this yeah. fool up. Wait till the full, full moon. Put him on the yeah. altar, and then when the full moon is happening, and in the middle of their chains, you got to suck the demon out. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> then you got to kill the werewolf. <laughs> okay. And there's a guy chained up. There you go. And like you're good. All right. That's how I would do it. Okay. That'd be fucking. Sick. I like it. I like it. And like I already kind of have a problem. Like okay, one of the things about five E that I I really want them to improve on is. We kind of talked about this in the Bullywug episode, and we bring this up in a lot of monster episodes, is 
like for bullywugs, there's only one stat block, and a bullywug is a challenge rating one quarter thing. But like, where's my bullywug king? Like elite warrior. Where's my big burly bullywug? Yeah, where's you, my bullywug king? Like, you kind of have it for goblins <clears throat> a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You do have it for goblins and hobgoblins. You have it for orcs too. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bugbear. Like not all bullywugs are this are the same. Not all of any one species is equal. Yeah. Like when it comes to like these stats and like there should be a catch all bullywug stat, but there should be the other ones. Yeah, there's no like there's a halfling like character, but there's no like midget or dwarf. Well there's a dwarf, <laughs> right, but right, like yeah. I mean like human dwarfism. And there's no right. like Well, there is no human dwarfism in in D and D theoretically. Are you serious? Well, I mean there could be, it's your world, but there's okay. no official rules for that. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like there's no like Gaston mm-hmm. where like you've just got this big ass, like super good dude. Exactly. At yeah. And and so an like also. with werewolves and all the lycanthropes, there's only one little stat block for them. And what irks me about this is like vampires. Are way more powerful, like way more powerful in this game, especially a vampire lord. It like, sounds like shit. that, yeah. Like there are regular vampire, uh, like I think they're called vampire spawn, and they're like your regular low level vampires. Yeah, okay. But then you have a vampire lord, and we'll talk more about that in the vampire episode. Oh, well, like, I t- want a werewolf, like fucking alpha predator. You know what I mean? Uh, like, like the, I want like the main, a, the main I want boy. the main boy. I want the dude who's leading the werewolf pack. And like I got no stats for that, so I have to homebrew it. And that's not too hard, but it's a little <laughs> annoying. And like, okay. So one of my favorite video games of all time is Castlevania Lord of Shadows. And I like all the Castlevania games, but Lord of Shadows is a fucking amazing game. And they really like, they basically threw everything away, rebooted it and took it in a totally different direction. It was really cool. But in that game, there's this concept of there are three Lords of Shadow that have kind of like fucking conquered the land and they have their own territories and they're aligned, but they're really not. Um, And there's the Lord of Vampires, the Lord of Necromancers and the Lord of Werewolves. And even though the werewolf's one is technically the weakest of the three, he's still, like, this big badass dude. And, like, okay. I take a lot of my gothic horror um, inspiration in my homebrew world from Castlevania in general, but also specifically that game. Yeah, it's, like, and renowned, so, so like, it's tested and tried and true. Yeah, in my world, there's, like, a Blackguard werewolf, like, lord who has this his own big territory and his name's Vladimir Ebenhart and he's a fucking badass but if I want to actually throw him into one of my campaign games like I I have to homebrew the shit out of him yeah it's yeah. gonna be all building yeah. from there exactly but so, that's that's my only real gripe in so this check situation. this out yeah full moon happens you yeah. turn into a werewolf you rage all night long mm-hmm. it's morning mm-hmm. you probably at least need a short rest yeah I'm thinking the same thing okay let's, let's take, take one rest. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we stop talking about the last thing we were just talking about. We talk about something else and it's you guys. Hi guys. Hello. <laughs> Hello the internet. Hey, everyone. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the support. We really appreciate it. We've been getting some really nice comments and messages lately. Warm thank you, guys. Bones. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, and if you like what we're doing here at the Dungeon Cast... You can um, have more of it. Yeah, you can totally have more of it. We got, Even more. We got we got bonus stuff on bonus the Bonus Dungeon stuff. Cast. Yeah. yeah, bonus Dungeon Cast. And all you got to do to uh, check that out is uh, go to our Patreon. Check us out. Yeah, man. Um, there's different tiers. Uh, you can join up with any of them. Yeah, and uh, by the time this episode airs, there's they're all going to be up and running pretty much, except yeah. for maybe like the higher levels, which will be up soon enough. Yeah, and I mean, and if you can't help support us on Patreon because you don't got the cash, that's okay too. We're still dishing out Dungeon Cast. We love doing this, so yeah. don't worry about it. All you all you got to do is uh, spread the word. Help us out. Spread the word. We would really appreciate that if you could yeah. shout us out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, go on to iTunes, leave a review. I think is uh, the contest still going? Contest is still going. So when this episode airs, it will be like the second week of October. So you still got four weeks or so because uh, we we will announce our winners on the release date of Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Yeah, don't sleep on this one. Yeah, we're giving away two copies of the book um, on November 21st, I think, is the day it releases. And uh, yeah, to enter that, all you got to do is tweet a link to your followers with uh, to our show um, with the hashtag dungeon cast and i'll i'll catch that i'll, I'll add you to the list there's a second way that you can enter as a matter of fact there are not only are there two ways that you can enter but if you do both ways you'll be entered twice so that's two times you the can chance enter to twice win. for this you can win both books no like, no you can't win both books we're not gonna do that Well, honestly i don't know if i'll be able to tell the difference because like your itunes name might not be your twitter name and uh-oh <laughs> well, we'll add you that might win chance, two books that's so low odds. i hope that doesn't happen but anyway a lot of people are doing this so like, yeah Get your name in there. I mean, yeah. so leave an iTunes review or tweet a link to our show uh, to your followers with the hashtag DungeonCast, and you'll be entered to win a copy of Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Which I was looking at. There's going to be something like 20 new subclasses and a bunch of like background options, and all kinds of cool Hell stuff. Hell yes, yeah, cool, cool, yeah, very cool. Yeah, but I think between the the core material and Volo's guide, this is definitely the most like needed thing. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And, and Skag. Like those are going to be the four books that you need. Cool. So for sure. And so like, yeah, you know, yeah. <clears throat> so other than that, you know, thanks, thank you everyone for listening. You guys can find us on YouTube. You know, just look the look up the Dungeon Cast. You can find us on pretty much any podcast app that exists in the world. Uh, the just, whole world, the whole world, even the in the internet, even parts? the internet parts. Yes. Oh man. Um, yeah, just search the Dungeon Cast, and <laughs> of course, good. we host it on SoundCloud.com/slash the Dungeon Cast. And if you got any questions or concerns or comments that you want to leave for us, you can leave it in the comment section. But you can also reach out to us on g- at gmail.com at dungeoncast.com or jun- dungeon the Dungeon, dungeon cast cast at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. That's right. You're usually the one to say all these things, so I'm like tripping <laughs> over my own tongue over here. <laughs> you but, yeah. do it. You guys know where to find us. Yeah, come find us. You've already found us. But like if you're yeah. uh, if you're on YouTube and you'd rather have a podcast or if you're on a podcast and you want to see our faces, this is the information you need. So, um, yeah, our Patreon, just look up the Dungeon Cast and you can find us there and we would really appreciate it. I think we have like a dollar tier where we shout you out on the show. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. You get access to all the show notes, you yeah. know, just come by. Say hi. There's, we're throwing spaghetti. We're doing all kinds all. We're throwing all kinds of D&D parties there. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we'll catch you guys on the other end of this. Uh, this little short rest. Um, it's called the rest of the episode. See you there. I think we'll go back to the show now. <laughs> So let's let's go back to the show. Yes, welcome back. Werewolves. (laughs) Scary. Yes, it is October. Happy Halloween coming up. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it, man. I actually have Halloween off. Yes, that's super cool. I'm pumped. We're celebrating. I wonder if the moon's going to be good. I'm going to have to look all that up pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the moon. Speaking Let's get back of to lycanthropes. the moon. So, uh, like we said, there are specific types of lycanthropes. I mean, your werewolf is going to be... Everyone knows what a werewolf is, I think, at this point. Uh, they tend to be chaotic evil. They tend to align themselves with wolves in the wild. They are the most feral, besides maybe the boars, which we'll get into a little bit. Um, you got any questions about the standard werewolf? Just, like, how often are they trying to go into, like, towns and villages? I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, so here's the thing. Lycanthropes a lot of times go full isolated, but not the evil ones a lot of the times. Yeah, they're going to be looking to do, uh, what's it, evil? master infiltrators. <laughs> master infiltrators. Because they can just be people, the right? The perfect disguise. Yeah, they can just join a community, start working, bide their time, and then when an opportunity presents itself, transform and eat a motherfucker. Yeah. You guys ever get like a weird vibe people. off of Todd? Like he's just like, <laughs> he just like stares at my thighs yeah. all the time. And I caught him licking his lips. Yeah. Weird. Um, um, Todd, Todd <laughs> throwing me off. Yeah. So yeah. And then, and then next thing you know, you're in a back alley alone with Todd and he turns into a werewolf and eats your face. Yeah. Fuck Todd. So yes, uh, lycanthropes can be dangerous in that regard. Cool. Um, any other questions about werewolves? Nah. Let's talk about were rats because they're probably the second most common, if not the most common, of all lycanthropes. So before we go any deeper here, okay, how big is the rat? And you know, that's a good question. I would say okay. So there are dire rats in this in this world, oh, which shit. are probably the size of like I don't know. Um, What's like a medium-sized dog? Something smaller than a Labrador. Hold but- on, it's still a rodent. So let's go with the capybara. Okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah, a dire rat's going to be about the size of a capybara. Which is pretty damn big. Which is huge, yeah. So, yeah, I would argue that uh, were-rats are going to turn into capybara-sized rats. <laughs> damn. I love the capybara. I'm glad it got brought up on the podcast. This is an evil capybara. It's one of my favorite animals. So, you're turning into an evil capybara, and it's... <laughs> a were-capybara. Yeah. Okay, so, so yes, I would say I would say that uh, were-rat can turn into that size of a rat. But, I mean, I think the lore is it can just turn into a rat. 
so like Which, just like a regular like yeah. 10 inch remember rat that or, it's magic brian not biological yeah, but like if you're gonna be a were creature, like polymorph into a is rat. a spell where you could turn into a fucking dragon. Like, I know, but if you're like <laughs> cursed to turn into a rat, like I wish it were cooler than like um, I'm small and like. Oh, basically, I mean, like, it, it can be pretty cool because were rats are all about um, uh, infiltration and spy work. They tend to run clan type communities uh, in sewer type systems underneath cities, and they run it like a thieves guild. Okay, and generally rat commu- rat communities, were rat communities will, in fact, be thieves' guilds. Fuck, that's, that's, what that's actually do. really cool. See? And turning into a rat it can be really nice for spying on people, for getting, like, reconnaissance done. Master Splinter is a were-rat that stayed in the animal form yeah, too long. I guess he is. I guess, I guess Master <laughs> Splinter is. And I guess the Ninja Turtles are were-turtles. So there it is. Um, Turn any, back to bias. <laughs> any, um, any other were-rat questions? Um, the, the, that was so fucking cool. And, like, now my mind is racing about what else I could do with were-rats. So maybe later. Yeah, were-rats are, are pretty cool. They're, uh, they're, they tend to be lost. Awful evil, but I mean, I could see them being chaotic neutral. Um, again, I I'm not too into the like lycanthropes always have to be evil thing. I like the thief society, like the good the 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 Robin Hood esque thieves, like right. the the good thieves or whatever, yeah, where they yeah. just like steal because like others have too much and they have too little. Yeah, and that's you know that's cool, especially for like a player character race. Yeah. Um, let's talk werebears real quick. Because they're the most powerful of all lycanthropes, because bears are more powerful than any of the other animals we've named. Fuck yeah. Because maybe tigers. Tiger versus that's a good. That's a good matchup. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, it is. <coughs> I'm still a little sick, guys. <laughs> um, and, and I would say were-tigers are probably the second most powerful of all these lycanthropes. Um, so were-bears are very powerful. They generally like to stay to themselves. Um, they tend to be good. Uh, you've seen The Hobbit, right? Yeah. The Hobbit did a really shitty version of Bjorn, the the original werebearer, as well as oh, I know. Oh, yeah, they yeah. did. He was, exactly. like, a lot nicer in the movie. Yeah, and I think that's a comedy. I think that's why werebears are depicted as being generally good, is because since so much of D&D is based off Lord of the Rings uh, lore, and Bjorn is, like, the first example of a werebearer I can think of, and he's a good person. God, he was such is. a cool character in the book. Dude, like, he was really cool in the book, although it had a very small part. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I didn't like the depiction in the movie. I don't like the book. And I didn't like that. God. I like that part Get of the book, of and I like I don't like that part of the movie, but I like the rest of the movie. I, I love the book. Uh, I read The Hobbit probably once every three years just to read it. It's just a nice light read, and it's just a delightful fantasy novel. Um, but that's my opinion. It's okay. not the worst book I've ever read. No, or anything and like I mean that, the book was written for children, so yeah. there's that. So moving on, uh, well, any questions about werebears? Nah. <laughs> okay, were boars? They are ill-tempered. They are cruel. They are very vulgar, dirty. They're pigs. They're pigmen. Right. I mean, um, they do live in family units, usually deep in forests. Um, as much as they love to spread their curse, they also don't like to be around people. Okay. And I think they probably spend most of their time in hybrid or animal form. So they are just basically like hunters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, they're just mean, nasty motherfuckers. And boars in real life, boars are mean motherfucking animals and very deadly. Territorial bullies. Yeah, yeah they, they don't fuck around. Don't fuck around with boar. Boar killed King Robert in Game of Thrones. That was season one, man. They're, that's not spoilers. I don't give a fuck. All right. <laughs> okay, moving on. Where tiger? <laughs> Where is the tiger? Uh, Where tigers usually spend their time uh, in jungles. Okay. Uh, they are very isolated as well, and they probably spend most of their time. They kind of they probably spend an even amount of time between all three forms. Okay. Cool. They really embrace their feral nature, and they're all about the hunt. 
nice. they like to hunt with bows and, and, and weaponry, but they also like to hunt in tiger form. Um, this is a big part of why were tigers don't like to spread their curse because they don't like to vie for territory with yeah. other were tigers. It's hard enough to catch yeah. like an ostrich. Yeah, which kind of begs an ostrich. Ostriches don't live in the jungle. What? Well, I mean, like tigers don't just live in the jungle. <laughs> emus, emus live in the jungle. Well, were tigers live in the jungle, according to the lore, Brian. Okay, I suppose sure. they could live in the savanna though. Too. Yeah, that's. What I was. I just went straight there. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Uh, yeah, just ostriches. <laughs> um. So, which kind of begs the question of, like, pass. how do were-tigers spread at all if they don't like spreading their curse? And I kind of like the idea of, like, well, when a were-tiger begins to, like, show their age, maybe they do get, like, this kind of, like, biological ticking clock thing where it's like, oh, well, I need a, you know. I need like, a successor. I need a, a successor, yeah, there has exactly. to be at least one. So that, that, would be my, my, that would be my explanation for that. Any questions about the were-tiger? They I look mean, cool as fuck. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like they look cool. Like um, I think they tend to be generally neutral. What's that new Pokemon starter? The, oh, the I cat. don't want to talk about Lucha Litten. Uh, what's his name? His name is Incineroar. Incineroar, yeah. That, it looks the like, shittiest of new Pokemon starters. I'm, picture, I'm picturing... Fight me. <laughs> I'm picturing that. This is you I till like, I die. <laughs> Sorry. I'm picturing that, but like colored like, you know, with the, the orange. Yeah, and, I would say... Yeah, I would say Incineroar is a were-tiger. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Just super buff and like a tiny um, little waist. Here's a fun fact. I should have brought this up at the beginning of the episode. So all humanoids can be affected by lycanthropy. And so can giants. What? Can you fucking imagine like uh, a were giant. What, what's like, the name of the Super Saiyan form where they go full giant monkey? Oh, the, it's just a giant ape, I think. Okay, well, a giant ape-sized werewolf. Can you <laughs> fucking imagine? Like, that's that's a fucking major campaign arc. That's gross. That's, there's just this massive nude werewolf monster <laughs> stalking the land. So giant chilling. The, the full size moon of the fucking. It doesn't building. know it's been bitten. It's like something yeah. came by and bit it, and then the full moon comes out. It's like, no, oh, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it just terrorizes the countryside. Everyone Oh, that's, why? <laughs> why is this happening? What is this? So yeah, that's a thing that could happen. I've never seen that in a campaign, but by God, someone well, please do that. You're tempting me. Yeah, oh, please, please do. I'd love to but, fucking deal with that situation. So okay, let's you what? let's move on. Well, I, I mean, I out that, of character, yeah, yeah. in character, I would hate it. Um, so let's move on. Holy um, shit! A lot of times, I see people wanting to play a werewolf. Unfortunately, like the way the monster manual presents it, isn't a really good way. Or a player character race to play their game. Not at least personally, not my opinion. I think a lot of people agree. It's why you see so much homebrew of lycanthropy PC races. That seems like causality um, for that, for sure. Yeah, I mean, werewolves are fucking cool. Vampires are cool. I mean, look at how popular they are in pop culture. Of course, there's gonna be plenty of people that want to play one. Fuck, I homebrewed a uh, werewolf blackguard. Not only as an NPC, but I played that NPC in an evil campaign that I, back in my early D and D games, and it was a lot of fun. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of homebrew I see when it comes to making like a werewolf race tends to be overpowered. Um, and I kind of understand where that comes from because, you know, werewolves are powerful. And if you're going to play a werewolf, you want all this cool werewolf shit, right? Yeah. Um, werewolves, uh, lycanthropy can fit a little bit more as a class if you want to really homebrew that up. But that's difficult and I wouldn't recommend it. But I've seen people try and I've seen some pretty cool things out there. Um, I ended up uh, trying my own hand at a werewolf race, and I only spent about 10 minutes, and I feel like it's balanced, but I want to talk about it. And I also want to talk about other things you could do to just kind of, like, shortcut your way there. So one of the things you can do is, of course, use the monster manual and just use that. That's fine, I suppose. It's boring, yeah. and I guess you would just maintain all, like, you would be a human and have all that stuff, which isn't much because your humans don't get much of anything, and then this little bit of bonus, like, strength stuff. Okay. And like some bonus hybrid attacks and stuff like that. 
That's a little boring. You could use the shifter race in the Eberron Unearthed Arcana because they are supposed to be descendants of lycanthropes. So they have a little bit of shifty powers, but they're really underwhelming. Um, Sounds like a tiefling kind of. Kind of. If you compare it to a devil. It's an Eberron thing, which we'll talk about when we do an Eberron episode. Um, So you could do that and it would work probably perfectly. It's not what I would do though. So here, here's here was my take on a werewolf. I spent ten minutes. You're gonna plus two to strength, plus one to dexterity. Uh, I came up with a feature I called Hunter Instincts, where you're gonna get proficiency in perception and advantage on all perception checks that have to do with smelling something, like trying to track something. Right. Sure. Um, dark vision, because you know everything gets dark vision. Why wouldn't a werewolf have it? Yeah. Silver vulnerability. So I'm gonna you're gonna be vulnerable to silver. Cool. Uh, I don't think that's too. Um, is that in all, the t- all the time? Like All the time. Okay, yeah. so even I, as a human. I, I don't find that too inhibiting just because, like, how often is silver going to come up? Except yeah. for motherfuckers that know you're a werewolf, and then they're going to use that. Yeah, and, and like, then you're going to probably... That's, that might be something you have to deal with. Yeah, and then after that, I would give them an at-will ability of shapeshifter, where they can turn into a wolf with a... Mul- you'll use the wolf monster template, but you'll maintain your HP and ability scores, and you'll add your proficiency bonus to all your stuff. And so for mentality-wise, like roleplay-wise, are you um, making them, like, is it up to the player to, like, resist this, how we were talking about earlier? I would imagine that if you're playing the wolf as an actual race... Um, it shouldn't be something you're resisting. You've you've learned to live with it. Yeah, this is like your culture. Like you've yes. adapted it. Okay, if on that. You're, if you're playing the race that's struggling with it, then I would ignore this and just go with the monster manual thing. And because that's perfect for like you when you're in normal form, you're you're an elf. But like when the full moon comes, you get transformed into this fucking monster that can't control itself. Okay. Like so, there's no reason you want to treat that as a PC race, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and then also you would get. Uh, the hybrid claw and bite attack. You would maintain your humanoid stats, but gain this hybrid claw and bite attack, which you could use if you don't want to use your weapons. Right, yeah, yeah okay. And that's kind of like the trouble of being a lycanthrope as a PC race because like, you want to do all this cool werewolf stuff, but it's going to be outstripped by your class shit. So it's like, you, you're going to really want to roleplay it. You're not, you shouldn't be getting stuff that's like, overpowering your class because then that's overpowering that's an overpowerful race right so it's kind of like this tit for tat kind of thing you can you it's it's like a useful ability like if you get disarmed yeah, that's great yeah or like talk you need to talk to some animals or whatever yeah absolutely like, yeah. you can find some wolves that are nearby i did want to bring up on that note like there is a really cool um like lycanthrope society in a game called golden sun lost age oh, okay so everything's flavored in that game with like like everybody's tied to an element and this is like a an air kind of thing okay. where you, you have like this freedom to change like into this, uh, this wear creature, but you're really not that much different. You get, you have like these, um, psionic abilities that are tied to the elements. Like you use powers to, and only other people with the abilities can see you do it in battle, but you can summon like a tornado or lightning bolts or like really cool, like wind or thunder storm, like stormy types of abilities and okay. the, these people in the full moon, they change into this animal, like this were creature, like in this in this uh, town. They're called Garrow, mm-hmm. um, and they change into wolves, and they like wear cloaks and they hide from society because they're just like normal people. But right. they change into wolves, and like they are wolf esque. They're like anim- yeah. more animal. They have like their own language, mm-hmm. and they're um, they're also psychic because like wind powers in that game are like mental, like 
you can read people's minds or you oh. can like see the unseen, that's like reveal stuff. That's yeah. an interesting take. Okay. Yeah, that's a really cool if you're looking for inspiration for role play, I feel like those NPCs in that game are done really, really well. Like if, yeah. if you wanna yeah. if you wanna look for something like that, it's the second Golden Sun game Lost Age. Also a really, really great game. Cool. Sounds that's good. Two video games we we've touched on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um it, it, if that's it, I think we're done. You have any questions about lycanthropy, Brian? Mm, no. All right. It's just I like think... the weirdest fetish. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I suppose it would be. No hate, it's just weird to me. <laughs> um well, with that being said, <laughs> let's call this a game. Let's call it a game. All right, we'll talk to you later. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.